0: NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two oh. seconds. Middleton. Yes! Oh. Chris Middleton. Oh. Back jumper. Got, Got it. it! Giannis Antetokounmpo.
2: Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep brought to you today by sports.axios.com. I am here, I'm Ty Windish, as you may or may not know, probably know, I've, I've been doing the Eurostep for almost a full year now, but with me, the new host of the Eurostep, co-host of the Eurostep, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere, I'm staying, I'm still here, as Drake would say, and I have a new pal with me to talk bucks each and every week, all the time, I am thrilled to announce that Rohan Cadi is my new host, co-host here on the Eurostep, Rohan, how's it going, and did I get either of your names wrong at all? On this first intro
1: <laughs> you did not you did great yes. and i am so happy to be here i'm so happy to be talking bucks basketball with you for the long haul this is this is going to be so much fun
2: it already is It's it was a fun night to start it. it didn't seem like it was going to be early on we're going to dive deep into this first bucks game it's the only one we've got to talk about right now but first i mean just quickly rohan do you want to for anyone who doesn't know quickly introduce yourself anything you want to say your bucks credentials so to speak all that stuff let's hear it let's Let's get it out there so the people know who they're listening to every time they tune into the Eurostep.
1: Uh, well, just me personally, uh, I'm a student at Marquette University in biomedical sciences, Duh, actually not basketball or sports related, but I've always had a passion and I've actually been writing for Behind the Buck Pass for a, a couple of years now, which kind of got me started and now I get to talk basketball with Ty and what. How much more fun could you have than that?
2: <laughs> it's a dream come true for anyone, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, no, like I said, I'm excited to have you. Obviously, I've known Rohan for a while, known you for a while. I don't know what tense to use, but uh, my time at Behind the Buck Pass, we've both been on the illustrious Win in Six podcast before. I'm not sure if plugging the competition is the best way to start uh, no, you gotta, podcast. You gotta Central. give respect, respect. You do have to give respect. Shout out to Adam and Jordan over there. They, they make a great product as well. I really, truly do think there's room enough in, in Bucks content, especially with the team going as it is now, for for pretty much all the various podcasts out there. But anyway, let's get to this game. Enough of this stuff, this background that like 30% of people care about. 30% of people really care about. 70% of people are like, let's get to this game. I want to slander Chris Middleton. Uh, I don't really want to do that necessarily. But Rohan, what's your what's your first takeaway from this game? What was your number one thing that you you know you turned off the TV or probably more likely clicked out of your browser window? What was your number one, you know, sort of thought right now, right after that game finished?
1: Uh, it felt like last year's Bucks team. They, they only needed to play solid basketball for a solid, like, quarter, quarter and a half to actually win the game. It just felt like last year's carried over into this year, if that makes any sense.
2: It does. It really does. I was worried that it wasn't going to be that way for a little while. Um, it seemed like it wasn't early on. Just no flow. Everything just seemed sort of stilted. And I guess it really caught me by surprise. I mean, this is game one. Like, if there's a time for this to happen, you kind of expect it to happen in a game one. But I think just because the Bucks played so well in the preseason, I just feel like, I don't know if it was just the relaxed atmosphere or what, but I thought the team looked really good in preseason for the most part. And it, that just did not carry over to the first half whatsoever. Everything looked tough. Uh, and Middleton and uh, Chris Middleton and Giannis, especially first half, just not doing a whole lot. Giannis certainly better than Chris in that first half, but neither of them played up to their standard. And then just what would you say? Somewhere around like the middle-ish of the third quarter. I mean, they, they never let the Rockets mm-hmm. get too yep. carried away, but like middle of the third quarter, something just started to click. And, and really, I think the something, if I had to say. I mean, there was a couple good plays right before this, but Giannis started clicking. And I think yes. Giannis started clicking, and the whole team kind of meshed around him. And that's when the run started, and it would kind of be off on, off on. And then really the Bucks take the lead in the fourth quarter. And then even after Giannis fouls out, so w- w- let, let, let me break this up into two. One, do you agree that Giannis getting going kind of was the catalyst? And two, did you think Milwaukee's pulling this one out after Giannis fouls out there with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter?
1: Well, Giannis getting going was definitely what sparked this comeback because they were down. What was the max? Sixteen points? Um, I think it was something and, around then. Yeah,
2: let me. I might. Yeah. I might be able to pull it up.
1: I think. It, I think it was sixteen. Uh, it, but it just they look lost at points. But then Giannis started to kick it into gear. He was making shots. He was getting to the rim. He was getting fouled. Uh, he was making threes. You know, which is you know nice to see. Uh. And then he ju- he just got the entire team going, and then eventually, like the rest of this team, started to catch up a bit, make their threes. And then when the Bucks they're making their threes, there's there's not much you can really do as a opposition.
2: Absolutely, and I think you know I wanna I wanna go back a, a little in a little bit to talk about the earlier parts of the game because there were a couple surprise Bucks that really I think kept Milwaukee in this game. I mean, even for a team as talented as this Bucks that can go on runs like this Bucks team can. I think there's some leads that you really just can't expect to come back from, and I think there were a couple bucks that prevented that from happening. But I want to talk about Giannis specifically. I'm not exactly sure what changed for him. I don't know exactly what to put my finger on. Whether it was just him, I, like I don't like I, it was so weird. It's hard to describe. I mean, I I call myself a, an NBA analyst, Bucks analyst, whatever you want to say. And it's hard for me to put into words exactly what changed. It just felt like something did. Maybe it was a sense of urgency. I, I don't know what it was. I mean, the, I thought the Bucks' play calling did improve in the third quarter. I think that had something to do with it. I saw better movement off screens. I mean, especially like Chris Middleton's three late in the game after Giannis had fouled mm, out. That, that was, was a that was beautiful a really, play design. That was a really nice play design. I felt early. I don't know. I think the Bucks. I think one thing that it might be, and I just said I can't put my finger on it. My, my one theory is that <laughs> It did feel like Milwaukee was kind of rushing into stuff early in this game. And I think this is something that we, you had communicated to me uh, via text at one point. I, I can't remember exactly how you put it, but it did feel like now thinking back early on, like they weren't going through a couple actions and getting something good. It was like half of an action, take a shot, you know, rush into something, just pull up. And I don't think that's a good way to play. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, what it was besides just Giannis waking up? Like, what else led to that, that change?
1: I felt like they were almost trying to be too scripted and not really get into the flow of the game. Uh, like, well, we know they're trying to incorporate a couple of new pieces, like a new starter in Wes Matthews. Um, new um, role players playing significant minutes like Kyle Corver, like Robin Lopez. So when you try to integrate those pieces, you have certain play designs, you have certain sets that you've been drilling in training camp preseason, and then you want to get those out there. But then when you get into actual game setting against an elite team like the Rockets, you just you can't really go and expect for all of your scripted plays to work. You need to sort of feel for it, and they, they didn't really have that feel early on.
2: No, I, I think that's a great way to put it, Rohan. And really... I, I like the just the thought of when, when the scripted plays don't work, what do you do? I think this is something that maybe the biggest thing. I mean, there's the Bledsoe concerns, and Bledsoe was up and down tonight. At times, I would say in that first half, he was one of the guys who kept the Bucks going. I mean, he scored Milwaukee's first five points before getting into foul trouble, and that was unfortunately a theme for the Bucks. Giannis, obviously, like I said, fouls out. Bledsoe picked up a lot of fouls early. I mean, every part of fouling was bad for Milwaukee because they also couldn't hit their free throws. I believe the Bucks were... 9 for 18 from the charity stripe. So Giannis provides Oof. five of those misses. But Robin Lopez, 0 for 3. Ursan, 0 for 1 from the last, from the stripe. That's not good. I mean, that's just it's inexcusable to shoot 50% from the, from the free throw line. But, um, oh, I just, I just almost threw myself off. I think I did. Oh, no, but getting away from the script and what do you do then? And I think one of the most positive things that I saw out of this game was the Bucks found something really late in the game, and it was Brooke Lopez? The Ro- the Rockets are playing small. Yes, they're having either James Harden, who is a pretty decent post defender, or uh, PJ Tucker guarding Brooke Lopez. And I don't know if this, how much of this was Bud, how much of this had just sort of happened out there. But the Bucks just kept feeding him, and he just kept making good things happen. Either drawing a double and kicking out, Brook did some really nice passing in that in that uh, last quarter, those last few minutes, or just going up and getting the dang bucket. I'm gonna say the damn bucket. Only that counts as a full strong. Team. I mean, like, he got the damn bucket. Well, he did, and it wasn't yeah. always just like he would force his way up. Sometimes he drew fouls. He would fade away and hit him like his his jumper is still nice even up close. And I just think that that to me was so uplifting because I felt like it's like I don't mean to make everything about the Raptors series. It's going to come out up a lot just because of how important it was. I don't mean to make everything about that, but there was just—I mean—it it does
1: of, define how this Bucks team needs to play. So
2: it, it no, does. Do do go for it. <laughs> No, no, but thank you. So they need to find things they can do when nothing else works. They just need to, and especially things like if Giannis has to sit, if Giannis is fouled out in foul trouble, whatever. They need—I call them these valves, because like a valve is—and please correct me if I'm wrong. You would you would know more about any sort of engineering, I'm sure. But like, you know, if something gets like built up, you you activate a valve, you let the pressure off. That's what you need. You know, when, when everything gets gummed up, you need a valve you can just go to. Mm. And for me, my thing for a long time has been Giannis, Chris, pick and rolls. We saw some some good results from that. I think they need to practice it more. It doesn't look that fluid yet. But that's been the one I keep saying. But this Brooke Lopez posting up small guys valve is a pretty damn good one if they get the opportunity. You know, what? I, I heard you, you exclaim yes when I brought it up. How, you, how excited were you to see the Bucks just say, you know what, screw it. Let's let Brooke post up these 6'6 guys.
1: I, I was actually very excited because I, that was something I'd wanted a lot more last season. Like I, I love more than anything. I love watching me some Brook Lopez shooting highlights. Like I've watched that uh, video of him going off against the Nuggets too many times. Uh, but just him going into the post, he's so good. Him and his brother, they have such good touch around the rim. So like when like you have when the Rockets are going small and they have Tucker at the five, you just and Brook Lopez, he's such a massive human. Being, he's not a normal center. He's like what the official like seven
2: one, and like something. Oh, I, I don't remember what his designation is. I forgot to check that. I. It's been so fun going through and seeing all the the updated what numbers from the NBA. and honestly not really that dramatic, except for LeBron being taller, which is like God. LeBron is so physically <laughs> gifted, but and KD I, I somehow still being six nine. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy that <laughs> nah, that's somebody, fake. But, Katie was slouched hard. Um, but may- maybe like when he has a knee up on a, one of those scooters or something. But yeah, I, I, I take your word for Brooke being huge. I mean, Book and Robin just look massive.
1: Yeah, so I think you were saying you weren't sure if it was Bud uh, asking them to do it or just uh, them going to do it in the field of the game. I think it was Bud because they were just going for it every time down the floor. Late, like, I So I think Bud finally realized like, hey, you know what? We have a massive advantage
2: in the, and that's, in the low and I, block. And I, I hope you're right because that's so encouraging to me because I I don't I don't know if you heard the, the pot I did with sharks last week but that was something we talked about on there mm. where it's like one of the, the issues with Bud, like the book on Bud, is that he he doesn't adapt. And that was adapting. That was doing something that yes. the Bucks really just don't do. I mean, they at least didn't do. I mean, last year there'd be like maybe one or two plays a game. All game. And sometimes not even that where like you'd see Brooke gets a feast on somebody in the post. Like, it would not happen regularly. I would not mind seeing it happen regularly. I have, after being like a student of, you know, the efficient shots, only at the rim and threes and free throws, I've kind of dialed it back the other way a bit. And this is is a clean segue because we talked a little bit before we started about the mid-range and the difference in mid-range between these two teams. And I know you've got the shot charts and everything up. Break down how much of the Bucks' offense they ended up finding in the mid range in this game.
1: So they actually took uh, ten mid range shots in this game, which was uncharacter uncharacteristically Milwaukee. If we if you look back at any other shot charts last season, it was just like maybe like two or three, sometimes four or five mid range shots throughout the game. This time they took a couple. There were a couple long twos in there. A couple of them from like two of them from Giannis. Urson took a couple. Chris took a couple. And they only missed three of them, so they were actually very efficient from the mid range. So, like, so if it's a viable option, like, go for it. I get what you're saying in terms of like efficient shots, but it's efficient shots like in terms of making them. If you can make uh, mid range shots at a high clip, then by all means take it.
2: Well, I, I just think what gets what gets lost in the efficiency conversation sometimes, and I don't want to sit here. You know, I'm not part of iTest Twitter. I'm still a very big believer in the numbers, but. There's just those points in games where you won't get those shots. And you, you want an example of that? Go watch the Rockets' second half of this game. They didn't get those shots, and they didn't know what else to do. Outside of Russell Westbrook, who I think scored like 20 points in the second half, like a dozen, more than a dozen points in the fourth quarter, some crucial offensive rebounds where it looked like the Bucks were getting ready to run away with the damn game. I mean, Eric Gordon misses a bunch in a row. Harden, I don't know how many actual field goals he made in the second half. It felt like... Very, very few, maybe one or two. Russell Westbrook kept that team alive, but Russell Westbrook can score from three levels. I I mean, okay, maybe two. I don't know if he can really score from three-point range, but Russell Westbrook can score from the mid-range and he can get to the rim. And sometimes those are the only shots you're going to get. The Rockets did not get any good threes for almost the entire second half, and it killed them because they had nothing else to do. They didn't have that valve outside of, like I said, just letting Russ do Russ stuff late. But, like, those threes just won't be there sometimes. Raptors won the title because... When opponents took everything away from the Raptors, Kawhi said, all right, I'll just go make this 15-footer over someone. It doesn't matter what you do. I can get that shot. I just think Mm -hmm. to win right now, and I think if you look back at the last several champions, you know, outside of probably the 14, 15 Warriors, there was usually a guy there who could make those shots. And I think that often comes down. That ends up being the difference in a lot of games close is like when everything is gummed up, when the defense is super focused, when you're not going to let... You know, your Wes Matthews get wide open normally. You need someone who can make those shots. You need to be able to make those shots if they're all that's there. The difference tonight was you said the Bucks scored, made seven of those. That's 14 points. That was the difference in mid-range points. The Rockets did not make a single mid-range jumper in this game. So you look at the Rockets. Or the Bucks get more points in the paint. The Rockets get more points off turnovers, more fast break points, they literally did not hit a mid-range jumper, and you could tell from watching them from all those threes they missed. The Rockets ended up attempting 48 threes, making 33% of them. The Bucks attempt 46, only make 34% of them, but Milwaukee found other ways to score, and I think, honestly, that ended up being the difference.
1: No, yeah. Just a quick interjection here. You want to know a fun stat shooting-wise from this game? Of course so I do. Uh, Giannis made more threes than Harden.
2: Ooh, that's a super <laughs> fun stat. Giannis 2 for 5, I think, 40%. Yeah,
1: Harden 1 for 8. 12.5 like percent.
2: Yeah. I like that stat. Uh, I have a few more things I want to get into, of course. Um, the, just got to get that out there. Of, oh, yeah, of course. I love it. Uh, the guys who I think the unlikely heroes who kind of kept the Bucks alive in the first half. Uh, we really should talk about Chris Middleton at some point. Obviously, Ursanity and uh, a best player in the game. To, <laughs> I cannot wait. And uh, also, we want to do a, a sort of thing where we look at a leaderboard of who should start at the two. It was more of a compelling idea, I think, in the first half when uh, Wes Matthews wasn't looking so hot. I, I don't know if it's going to be that dramatic right now, but we'll do it anyway. But first, of course, we need to hear from our sponsors real quick. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. We all know this from trying to watch basketball. Trying to follow every single thing happening in sports. Imagine all sports, not just the NBA. All sports. It's almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis, that is impossible. There's way too much content. And that's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Not just Cleveland, all lands. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up, I remind you for free... At sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. I don't know about you, Rohan, but I'm down for a good ping pong story. Anything. I love me some cricket. Love him some cricket. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it is free not only will you be caught up you'll be the friend sharing the amazing link with your buddies everybody has that buddy everybody loves that buddy you can be that buddy join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins and best of all there's no paywall no subscription fee nothing this is free curated sports content delivered right to you sign up at sports.axios.com one last time sports.axios.com and while you're browsing your Axios, Sports Axios newsletter. You're getting those great stories. Why not look and feel good at the same time? Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. You, you need to look good, you need a well-fitting suit, but you don't need to break the bank to do it. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. Everything you could need, and it's all made to your exact measurements for a great fit, and that's crucial. The best part is that Indochino is affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, submit your measurements. That's it. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. That's not a long time. I mean, the NBA, is like 30 weeks almost. That's two weeks, that's nothing. You can have it by... Almost by November. That's quick. Get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or do it all online at indochino.com. And start your style upgrade off now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at indochino.com when entering promo code BlueWire at checkout, and that shipping is free. That's indochino.com promo code BlueWire all one word, for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. That's an incredible deal. You have no excuse to wear clothing that doesn't fit, Rohan. I hope you know that. You don't have any excuse anymore. Your excuses are gone.
1: No, I do not have any excuses anymore.
2: (laughs) Speaking of someone with no excuses, how upset are you with Chris Middleton's performance in this game? We have to get to it. People in the Eurostep Discord, people on Twitter are incensed. And you know what, I'm not gonna, I, I think people might be going a little too far after one game, which is almost pretty much fair about any take after one game, but I'm not gonna get on them too hard. Chris did not have his best game on either end tonight.
1: No, it really wasn't his best game. I just think he was trying to find himself. He missed a bunch of threes. He only went three for nine. He hit some clutch threes, though, and that's really what matters, in my opinion. It. But, you know, overall, he didn't have a great game, but it it didn't it didn't end up having a huge impact
2: it didn't but I do think I mean if if he shows up early the play he was playing late I don't I don't know if this game gets as ugly as it does at times I that's mean fair. I just think that's fair I I think he lets himself get too passive and then it's almost like he goes oh my god I, I have you know two missed shots and basically a whole quarter I'm the 100 and however many million dollar guy now I can't do this and then he just like pulls instantly. And I just think he needs to relax a little bit, but also at the same time, this is going to sound like it doesn't make any sense. But he needs to relax and also be a little more decisive. I think I've been saying this for a while. I think Chrisman really needs to go hunt his own shots more, run some pick and rolls. But I just he he would fluctuate so wildly from not really doing a whole lot of anything to just like immediately jacking an 18 foot shot with someone right in front of us. And I know. Chris rides the tough shot express. I mean, I get it. He, he's always done this. Sometimes you make them. Sometimes you miss them. But I think really I want to see more driving from him. I want to see just more of going out and getting good shots at times from, from Chris. And I know the Bucks' offense is all about motion and getting the open guy. But, I mean, this is, this is the second guy. This is the guy who's going out with Giannis. These are your two guys. I just think, you know, for this team to reach its peak, He's going to have to be more aggressive, more decisive without taking some of these four shots that just didn't seem right to me.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that's probably going to play into that is uh, how if it gets better throughout the season, because last year we knew with the new system and Bud not really wanting him to take mid-range shots and then all culminating in that sort of incident in December against the Knicks, but they sort of figured it out later now there's a whole new set of offensive um, sets that they need to get done new players and the loss of Brogdon how are they going to make up for those shots so I think it's just sort of a reshuffling of the offense and Chris sort of goes into a shell until it's really needed so as the season goes on I think it'll get better and it kind of has to get better for this team to reach their peak like you said
2: absolutely and I would really love to see you know Saturday against Miami this matinee game at, at four o'clock I think yes. I would love to see Chris come back with a good game because I I just that's the the it just stinks when a guy gets paid and then comes out slow out of the gate as, as Middleton kind of tends to do a lot of the time but because you just know all those comments are coming and I don't I don't think you know it shouldn't matter it shouldn't it should be easy for Chris to ignore I don't, I don't think he's gonna let it get to him I hope not at least But it just stinks to see. Because I've always just rooted for Chris Middleton. He always seemed like a good guy. Never seen him do anything that really makes me go, oh, that was – I mean, like shot-wise sometimes. But in terms of like, you know, I've never seen him do a dirty play. I've never seen him do anything questionable off the court. He just seems like such a consummate, just nice guy, like an easy person to root for. And I just think the the dollar amount he makes now might turn some people against him. And I I don't – I don't like the thought of it. I see where people are coming from. I just can't bring myself to agree with it.
1: No, I, I, I'm on your side on this one. I just, it's, it's one game. We can't really make uh, decisions true. after one game. And hopefully, like you said, against Miami, he shows up and like the, a bunch of the team didn't show up in the first half. So yeah. and he picked it up in the second. So, I'm, I'm gonna give him a pass on this one
2: let's uh let's rock it through let's let's I, I teased this earlier some players are kind of got the Bucks through. alive in the first half oh yeah. let's not rock it through because then we'll start off strong and just completely fall <laughs> apart after the ad read um <laughs> I did I even give the score I think I, I don't think I gave the score the Bucks won 117 to 111 if you're wondering what the score is I don't know if people are wondering about the score anymore though they won like the, that's all the that matters yeah they, I mean they won we made that part clear um do you know who had the but without looking? Don't look at the box okay. right now. Do you know? Okay. Do, you, do you know who had the Bucks best plus minus?
1: Oh, I hope it's who I think it is. Is it Ersan?
2: No, it's not. Actually. Oh, darn it! Urson was the MVP for sure. He's actually only plus two. Urson in twenty minutes, six for eight from the field, one for two from three, 11 rebounds in twenty minutes, one block, two turnovers. I didn't know he had five fouls. That's a wild number. But thirteen points for Ersan. Well, it's Every f- single... trying to draw charges. Yeah, uh, yeah, at least two of them were. But uh. It's clearly a huge game for Ersan. It felt like all 13 of those points came exactly when the Bucks needed him. Four of those 11 rebounds are offensive. A nice double-double in game one for Ersan. That's great. But uh, Ersan, obviously huge. But, no, George Hill, 31 Ooh. minutes in this game. Basically played starter and it's quietly. I mean, he had the three fouls early, which contributed to this. George Hill plays 31 minutes. Eric Bledsoe plays 16 minutes. That's not a lot, even with foul trouble. That's going to be something to watch for. But George Hill... Scores eight points, has seven assists, two steals, no turnovers, plus 16 in his 31 minutes. The Bucks routed Houston in George Hill's minutes. He just does so many little things right. And I, I, I put this in the Eurostep Discord early on, which, by the way, to join the Discord, it's basically like Slack if you don't have Discord. It's free. Go get it. It's easy. Just tweet me, or I guess Rohan now. A picture of you listening to the podcast, and we'll get you the link. We'll get you in the Discord. So if you want to join into the conversations during the games, all the time people just chime in. I'm in there pretty often, just talking Bucks. So just do that. But uh, I, I said it in there, I think early in this game, I want to say first half, maybe like halftime or early second half, the Bucks would be lost right now if it wasn't for George Hill. The plus-minus reflects that. Rohan, what did you think about his performance here? Really, I think the word that almost always uses. To, you can use to describe his performance is stabilizes.
1: Yeah, stay I was thinking steady, stabilizes. Same thing. It's just he's such a calming influence when he's on the floor. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to make any bad decisions. Um, very often, he's not no going to turnovers. Yeah, no turnovers. He's not going to make a bunch of bad plays. Not a bunch of bad reads. He just does everything well. It's he's nothing's going to jump out at you like you read his stat line. It wasn't like incredible. But it's just, like, he doesn't do anything bad, and, but does things good. Like, that's very simple to say, but it's, it's what's happening on the court. I don't know how else to say it.
2: I mean, I think that's a, that's a fine descriptor. I think sometimes people overcomplicate things. I mean, doing every little thing right, that's how you become really, really good at anything. Like, that's, I mean, super off topic. But, like, the reason the Patriots are so good every year, the Patriots just execute everything right. Like, they might not stun you. I mean, they, might, they don't have Randy Moss every year. They're like, their, their offensive line blocking is perfect. Their routes are crisp. Brady makes the right reads. Their running backs do the right thing. It's all that. All that little stuff matters. Yeah, fundamentally Hill, sound. Exactly. George Hill is certainly that. A lot of the Bucks are that. A lot of these veteran players. Let, let's, let me kick it to you here, Rohan. Who do you want to talk about on this Bucks team that we haven't talked about yet? Let's just who, – who interested you for, for better or for worse – Whose performance do you have something to say about?
1: Sterling Brown. I like it. He was one of the first guys off the bench, which really surprised me. (laughs) I thought it was going to be like Dante, but he didn't even play. Uh, Well, like the rotation was definitely a question coming in. Like who's like, how are these guards? And these two going to get minutes on the floor. How is it going to be split up? And then Sterling Brown, he doesn't play a lot. Only 541. I don't know if he played any more than that early stint. Do you know?
2: Ah, uh, it didn't maybe like 1 minute, but I don't I didn't feel like he played late at all. I think Bud Bud found his guys that he wanted to roll with and he rolled with them.
1: Yeah, he he's just he's so aggressive when he's on the floor. He knows what he's trying to do. He plays mostly within the offense. There's a little things that he doesn't do great, like sometimes his passes are off. He doesn't make the pass when he needs to. Attacks when there's not really a lane sometimes. But he just—he's very confident, and you need that on the floor, especially when things were starting to go awry early in the first half. So that I just dunk.
2: that dunk. Yeah, was
1: big. yeah, he threw Russell Westbrook off in transition, and then threw it down. Ah, oh, this thing of beauty. But I—I I really want him to see to see him get more minutes going forward because I think he can be a really good player. Uh, but yeah, Sterling Brown really—he's he, intriguing to me, and especially in his short minutes tonight.
2: Me too. I always remember watching his first G League game in Milwaukee before the Herd Arena was completed, Menominee Nation Arena, and you could just tell he was on a different level than the other guys on those. It was the Windy City Bulls and the Herd, and Sterling just moved differently. He got all the shots he wanted. Everything looked really easy for him, and I was like, damn, this guy can play. Like This guy is not going to spend a ton of time at the G League, and he spent a little more time that year, a little bit the next year, and now I think he's pretty solidly an NBA player. Um, certainly good yeah six minutes one for three oh for one from the from three-point line couple of rebounds not a lot of opportunity for sterling but he did that certainly that dunk and that was again one of those plays that 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 dunk that game might have gotten ugly um two more guys who I think kept this thing close and then I think we're gonna be oh and then we'll do our two guard thing and then we're gonna be just about ready to wrap it up Eric Bledsoe pretty eh game overall from Bledsoe 11 points with 12 shots but He was two for four from three. I thought his three-point stroke looked pretty nice, and I think both of those threes came early. Like I said, he Hmm. had Buck's first five points. Makes those two early-ish threes. Foul trouble, unfortunately, kicked him out of there and and let the savior, George Hill, step in. But pretty okay game from Bledsoe. Most encouraging thing, certainly those threes. He started to force some some shots inside, as he'll do late. Uh, Didn't get a lot of bounces there. Oh, well, I'm not super sad about it. Overall, though, I thought... Pretty good game from Bledsoe. Pretty good effort from Bledsoe.
1: I think he was still hurt. Like, obviously, yeah. it was a pain threshold thing, but you could see him, like, wincing a bunch every once in a while. And it's like, yeah, this guy's a- clearly still in pain, but he's trying to play. Like, Pat Connaughton said earlier in an uh, in interview, the guy's just a walking muscle. Like, he's he he's just going to go and play, even if he's in a lot of pain. And it looked like he was still in a lot of pain. So, kudos to him for one, playing, and two, putting up, like, a decent effort.
2: Yeah, I think the the term like you, I mean you're probably gonna have the medical stuff down in this podcast for now. We had fractured ribs, was that it?
1: Cartilage, the cartilage in the oh, ribs. Okay.
2: The cart. Thank you. Yeah, because mm. I was fractured rib sounds more serious, but that, that also I did I didn't know you could fracture cartilage. That's that sounds grody.
1: Yeah, it definitely. It's not super serious in terms of long term recovery, but it's just so painful.
2: Oh, Eric Bledsoe, certainly a, a, a fighter, a gamer at least in the regular season. Uh, no doubt about it. One, one more guy here who I think really kept the Bucks in, and we I think we yes. saved the best for last. Yes, we um, did. At least in the first half. Ursan certainly keeps him in the second half. Um, no, nah, Ursan's more... like
1: Giannis. He just gives it all the time. You don't really need to talk
2: about him. Yeah, Giannis, we haven't really touched on Giannis. 30-11-13, or 30-13-11-1-1, <laughs> just... one 3 turnovers. In 28 minutes, follows. dealing with foul t- trouble the entire time. 28 like... minutes. <laughs> Two for five on threes. We didn't talking about that, but yeah, Giannis yeah. is still great. He did wait until the second half really to put up a lot of those numbers, but uh, I think I think he's going to be a little bit a little bit toed at falling out, not being on the court. I think he might come out really roaring against Miami. We'll see. But Pat Connaughton, yes. uh, first half huge run for Pat. I think some of the most complete basketball I've seen from him on both ends. Uh, all the Bucks were kind of jumping out of place on the Rockets' corner threes. Their defense did not look prepared for this game, which was kind of worrying. At least early they didn't. They, they were out of place a lot. They were not playing with discipline. But Pat was smart on the offensive end. He ends up with 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block. Classic Pat always gets at least 1 block in there. No turnovers. Uh, 4 for 8 from the field. 2 for 5 from 3. Shot the same percentage as Giannis. 40%. A good one. Uh, overall, though, just looked very solid. I mean, there were things. I, I was talking to someone about Pat over the off season. And they were like, well, Pat has all the tools. I'm like, well, yeah, he kind of does. I mean, he's obviously got the athleticism. He's got sort of a shooting stroke. He doesn't have elite shooting numbers, but he can certainly make threes. You know, he's got the things you need to be really good, but I just thought he, he hasn't put it all together. You know, he's not. he doesn't play with cohesion. He, he makes these mental lapses. I mean, on defense, like last year, he was just jumping like eight times a possession, which isn't always good. He just looked more solid, looked more contained within himself, in this game and I thought that was really encouraging I, I don't well I'll wait to talk about starters and stuff in a minute but what, what were your Pat C thoughts
1: uh well first uh what you're saying about having the tools and stuff is 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 Pat Connaughton what Marquise Chris hopes to be
2: probably yeah I mean I think Marquise Chris might have a while to go I mean Draymond Green will tell you Chris is basically Shaq 2.0 but I don't know if I'm buying that like one. it's
1: just like in, in terms of like has obviously he's so much worse than Pat Thompson, but it's just like he has the tools, but he just doesn't know what he's doing yes, sometimes. I think that's okay. fair. I just thought of that comparison, had to get it out there. It's a really bad comparison.
2: though I, I don't on. hate it. I, I see uh, where you're coming from. This, I mean, it's like it, there can be like it can manifest itself in all sorts. Like Wiggins, Wiggins is one of those guys, and yes. worse. Maybe I think just worse because the expectations and and everything and what you what you want from the former number one overall pick and especially a guy who shoots that much. But, like, just the the basic premise, I think, applies to all three of those guys, obviously in varying degrees of talent or whatever else. But the basic idea is, like, they're, they're not as good as the sum of their parts.
1: Yeah. Yeah but yeah getting back to pat's performance didn't i swear he went on like a 10 he scored like 10 points in a row for the bucks and he they did his really, 10 points yeah, his 10 points were, they were all, all in a row.
2: were all scored in a row <laughs> yeah
1: and they <laughs> needed it they had nothing else going like you were saying they just they seemed checked out they seemed like they didn't show up for the game so and then pat Coniston comes in plays his classic energy role and that's really what they needed at that, that at that time he just need. They needed some points. He put some points on the board. He did his job.
2: He did. Um, I was excited about his performance. Like I said, I was a little down on West Matthews early. I thought he pulled it together, but I think great place to end here is with this segment. I kind of want to do running going forward. I, I don't know. It might end up just dying at some point because the position becomes more obvious. But good for about the Bucks. Bad the for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not many things are good for the Bucks and bad for us. This this would be the rare example of that, but sort of our, our leaderboards, our, our rankings for who should start at the two. I mean, it's just, it's the one position that was in, probably not really, but at least theoretically, I mean, Bud wouldn't commit to saying who was going to start. I certainly think it's the one that's most likely to get someone else to start out of like a pure job shift, not like an injury thing, or maybe a very, very bizarre matchup or something like that. But it's the one position you could see some, some flux in. So I'll, I'll kick it to you first, Rohan. What's your sort of idea or ranking on the, the shooting guard order right now
1: even with Wes Matthews uh, second half sort of resurgence and uh big threes late I'd still gonna say it's Pat he's just it's he's so complimentary to the starters that you don't really need him to do too much on his own and with a guy like Wes Matthews I feel like in his, like since he's a veteran he's uh, you don't want him doing too much but it's sort of a thing where you he's gonna want to do too much like he's gonna be, like there was a play early on I told talked to you about this but he posted up P J Tucker in the first quarter I think like yeah. why like he <laughs> made the shot but why are you doing that like that I don't know why Bud gave him that long of a leash but. Uh, it, it'd be yeah, so it's, it's much easier.
2: It's one thing yeah. for Brooke Lopez to do that. It's another thing for Wes Matthews to do that. Exactly. <laughs> so
1: I feel like Wes would be better equipped to do that against second units and not elite defenders that are going to be in starting lineups. So if he came off the bench, one, it would give him less minutes, which is better for him because he's you know, sort of up there in age, in injury history. Uh, and then Pat, he's a very athletic guy. He can give you a bunch of minutes. and give you quick scoring bursts when you need to, but also sort of... Play um, within uh, the scope of the team and sort of just defend, sort of play, make cut. You know, make the um, offense have some motion. So I think he'd be better equipped to go with the starters as of
2: now. That's a bold take. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stick with Wes. I liked what I saw in the, a, the second yeah. half. It's not a bad pick. And I just I like his quick trigger three point shooting. Uh, a lot and I just think it's perfect to go with the starters I think the one area where I would say West for sure does have Malcolm Brogdon beat is just that trigger Malcolm is going to mm-hmm. shoot a higher percentage from three but it, they, he's got to be a little more open he, he likes to do a slower unwind on his three-pointers West can just fire I really like that he leaked out for a couple nice transition plays too the post-up was dumb but he, he did score it at least I guess um, but I, I, if, if it was going to be Pat, and I, I don't think it it will be, I just don't think it's the kind of move Bud would make after a game. But I, I, not not to not to admonish your pick. I mean, I think the spirit of this is like who we have personally, yes. not yes. who we think the Bucks are going. I mean, the Bucks yes. are going to start with West Matthews for a while. Um, I, I would like Pat to see if it was like kind of a short like just burst to kind of start the game off with some energy, and then just kind of switch them. I don't know, and I still like. Sterling and and Kyle Korver just in bursts. I mean, we know what Kyle Korver is going to do. He did a little pick and pop with Giannis that was really, really pretty. Oh, yeah, such a nice play. Big fan of that play. I would love some more of that. Just put more Giannis more in all actions. I mean, he's literally, I think, like 96th and 98th something percentile in both ends of the pick and roll. Like, he can do either of them. Just put him in those actions.
1: Yeah, Giannis plus shooter plus actions equals good.
2: Good, yeah, exactly. That's the equation. It's very, very simple. Um, But I I would keep starting Wes. I want to let him kind of... Kind of prove himself. I thought he kind of did in the second half. I mean, it's still early. Obviously, he only has, what, uh, 30 minutes as a buck, but he ends up 6 for 12, 2 for 8 from 3, so not a great shooting night for him overall, but 2 steals, a block, 4 rebounds, 1 assist. He got involved out there. He did some good stuff. Yeah. West Wes is
1: a more um, uh, stable, I guess, defender than Pat. Pat, Pat yeah. can get a little erratic, so that's one more thing to go in favor of Wes.
2: But we'll see. I mean, Pat looked really good. Pat but to me, Patch for sure proved himself as, hmm. in my opinion, the first two off the bench. I think yeah. Pat. He's almost like doing like a
1: reverse of himself last year.
2: Yeah, in a way, he is. He, uh, I don't know. I'm excited about Pat Connaughton in a way I haven't really been since early last year. And I was like, oh my god, this guy's just gonna freaking dunk over everybody and make a couple threes. This is great. Uh, he can still do those things, but hmm. if he does them a little bit more contained, that that would be that would be good. So. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, unless you have any other last name uh, thoughts, well, Rohan. That's, what did you, what you, did you one think one? of
1: what What did you think of no uh, Dante and DJ, especially when Bud went ten deep in the first quarter yeah. and they yeah, this,
2: this is gonna make people mad. And they couldn't uh-huh. get any run, especially DJ. I mean, yeah, I Ur, so I mean,
1: you weird. can't play like when Ursan's playing like Jordan, and then Giannis is Giannis. Like DJ not gonna right. get a lot of run. Is that just how it's gonna be for the entire season?
2: I guess, I guess the one encouraging thing for DJ, even though he didn't play, is that Bud rolled out a small lineup on purpose, uh, even with both Lopez brothers. So I think that's where DJ could find some minutes, is maybe you cut back a couple on Brooke, a couple on Robin, who didn't play great, uh, two points, two rebounds, one assist, a turnover, three fouls, one for three from the field for Robin Lopez. I think that's where you're going to see a lot of his minutes come, Is if it's sort of a honest at center deal, just because... Yeah, there's not minutes at the four between Giannis and, and how well Urson is playing. I mean, you just can't justify taking him away from Urson. I mean, even when he's not looking like Jordan out there, he just does so many good things. Well, that's why it's so tough for this team. And then Dante, that one surprised me just because a lot of Bucks people are so high on Dante, but, but I don't know. Bud
1: is high on. He was the first guy off the bench last year.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was. I, I I don't I don't know exactly what was up with Dante not playing at all. I don't know if. I mean, I think Bud with the two guards last year, he kind of just rotated them based on feel, based on who was hot and all that. Maybe yeah. that's going to happen again. And, I, and in a
1: game, you can't play everyone. <laughs>
2: no, no. And they did—they played eleven guys as is, so it's not like nobody got out there. But yeah, I, I almost—it's just like you look around at the box score and like, who do you really take minutes away from? You know, if I, you can take six away from Sterling and trade out him for a DMP and then play Dante, I don't know how DJ is going to find minutes if if Ersan keeps playing strong and. And, and he's healthy and both of the Lopez brothers are but that is just tough
1: garbage time when they're blowing yeah. out teams like usual like hopefully yeah, they I mean, get back to that
2: yeah that would be nice that would be a lot less uh, intense than this game was coming really down to the wire to the last couple minutes but
1: mm-hmm.
2: a win is a win is a win Rohan yes it is we'll take it the Bucks will certainly take it they're 1-0 uh, I think we're 1-0 in podcast. I'd say we won this one
1: yes this was a great uh, uh, place to start in this era, it was. the Eurostep, it
2: was. We we blew out our competition. The Bucks need to play up to our standards a little bit, but that's okay. So that was a good last note. Do you have? A, was that the second to last note? Do you have another note? Or no, that's no, note? that was my last note. That's a good last note. That's a strong note to to stand on. People are gonna be mad about DJ not playing, as they always are. But there's only so many minutes. This is a good deep team. It's a good problem to have. Um, but without further ado, that's all we've got, folks. If this is your first time listening to the Eurostep. And I'm sure there's going to be millions of people tuning in now that Rohan's affiliated with the podcast to catch his sultry tones each and every episode. But make sure to subscribe, whatever platform you listen to. We're all over them. Uh, You know, follow uh, myself and Rohan on Twitter. I'm at Ty Windish. Are you R. Caddy Jr.? Yes. Yes, nailed it. Follow both of us on Twitter. Join the Discord. Like I said, tweet at either of us. With a screenshot of you listening to the podcast, we'll get you in there to talk more bucks. And otherwise, you know, we'll catch you next time on the Eurostep.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.